That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? We're on. Back for another I one. I was never off, though, actually. That's true. But, um, we are going to speak about something that we all deal with. I've never talked about this openly. I, I don't know if I have either. Oh, and it this just, should be really interesting. Well, I mean, <laughs> it ain't a, it ain't crazy. Subject no, it's yeah, yeah. It's, people are like, what is it? I was listening to. <laughs> I'm listening to a book called Listen, which is okay. I don't know if I'd recommend it or not, but you just did. Well, I'm just saying that I'm listening to it. I didn't say go out and get it, <laughs> but I will say that something came up when I was listening yesterday or this morning. That like that's how dynamic we are on the podcast. I think I listened to it this, this morning, morning. Yeah. and I wrote it on my phone so I wouldn't forget about overcoming nerves or nervousness and how to get around that and how it affects how we listen, how we communicate, how we relate to other people based on nerves. I, uh, there's a lot of people that are visibly nervous, right? There are signs of it, symptoms, I guess. I don't know if you what you call it. Signs. Signs would be yeah. better. I must say symptoms is kind of dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> signs. And then there's people that you don't think maybe have that have that have nerves that actually probably have like really serious ones. Uh, there's a lot of people, even on TV, you know, you hear about some act- actors and how they deal with things, how they pro- you know, it's always it comes down to me is like it's that person that says visualize everybody in the audience naked yeah <laughs> <laughs> right because it just yeah. it's a distraction because you're not thinking about being there you're just like you're trying to give yourself a like a, a very interesting obviously uh picture of mm-hmm. the like the the environment it's, it's um so i guess i mean the easiest way is, is like think about this is what like when did you realize, or did you even realize what nerves were? Like what, like when do you like, like man? What am I going through? Or do you just thought it was a part of the process? Or like, I think it's different for everything. But when I think about, you know, the, the common ones are speaking in front of people, or when yeah. you go back to when I think about starting a new school when I was in the military, or even high school or regulars. I moved a lot when I was growing up, and I was always starting new schools or moving. So there's nerves before you go there. These are like the big ones that everybody thinks about, you know, kind of the flashy neon light, if you will. Public speaking is the, I think. That's the one everybody That is the, <laughs> I've, I've had many clients hire me and say, help me with public speaking. And some people, I love public speaking. It doesn't mean I don't get nervous, but I love it. And then there are the people that get nervous to work, to, to the point of, when it it's makes them hate it, when it makes it makes them dislike it or hate it or you know stray as far as far far away from it as possible. But I also think there's a lot of other situations where people get nervous going to talk to the boss or speaking yeah, around their peers. Speak, yeah, or you know, if you're in the dating scene, you know, this was me to a, a T when I was single. I could not, would not talk to girls. It, you expect me to just let that one? I, like, I mean, it took a lot, dude. You let me just let that pass away. We are gonna go to the next <laughs> subject. We're not. <laughs> I was always too nervous. That. No I was way. So nervous. No way. And now I'll talk to anybody. But it's I don't know. I had it built up in my head that if I even just 
said hi or talked to anybody, they would think I was trying to put a line on them or, you know, like. But you were. Well, yeah, but not that, not in that. <laughs> it wasn't a line like it's right. like, like, like a salesman. Did you fall from thing? heaven? Because whatever, you know, whatever the, the lines are. But Because you were an angel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> and so I always felt I it, it would be. So terrible. Not genuine or, or inauthentic or whatever. So it was all fear-based. Correct. And then I just wouldn't do it. How I, did you meet your wife again? Did she talk to you? No. It, well, Morgan, this is... If this, she is what this, this is like... The, this is like... It's two things. Talking to other... You know, yeah. you know, somebody that you're interested in or talking to people. Like Those are the number... The, the, the top ones... So I don't know if I've if I've shared this story on our podcast. I've shared it other places, and I'm actually put it in my book. Okay, here we go. So here we go. He is literally you. Like your body language is changing. Well, this is a funny story, <laughs> and it leads into taking control, kind of. Okay. So when I was in Texas, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I would never talk to girls, but it had to be the perfect the perfect scenario, or somebody had to say somebody had to kind of bridge the gap. Gotcha. I'm not somebody who could just cold start and go up and cold calling. I can't knock do on it. the door. I wouldn't do it. I shouldn't say I can't. I wouldn't do, do it. Do you want an Irby vacuum? And my <laughs> roommate in when I lived in San Antonio has is like the most gregarious person you'll ever meet and was always talking to everybody, not just girls, but always talking to everybody. He had the gift of gab. Okay. So we are at a club one night, uh, a bar or whatever, and my buddy this other buddy and I are sitting on the stools and we're like right in front of the door. And my other buddy, the one who's talks to everybody is literally talking to like three or four girls at once off in the corner. And I'm looking at the door and it was so busy. They were only letting people in when they would let, when somebody would leave. Right. And there's this beautiful girl sitting at the door waiting to come in. And I lean over to my buddy and I was like, dude, I think she's looking at me. Right, like some stuff on TV. It was crazy. <laughs> and so I'm like kind of trying to be cool and just keep looking over. But I swear she's staring right at me. Sure enough, the door opens. She's making a beeline right for me. And this is my ideal situation. If this somebody else approaches me. Any man or woman looking for, right. to, to meet somebody, that's their ideal situation. It's like they talk about this stuff on like TV shows. But I mean, especially since I had such a hard time engaging. Right. Morgan, she walked right up to me. And I was like, "No way!" Oh my god! Like, up, like she, like, so no, I was like, visual, you know, from the door. Door opens. You know what I was visualizing? That she, she was looking at you because the bathroom was behind. No, you. no, no! It gets better. <laughs> it gets better. She's looking right at me. The door opens. She walks right directly to me, stands in front of me, and says, "Are you with that guy over there?" Pointing to my buddy, who's already talking to four girls. Wow! That's and so I said, up. "Yeah." <laughs> Talk about a damn. Ego killer. <laughs> and she said, when he's done talking to those girls, would you tell him to come talk to me? Your wife's? Your now wife? No. This is just some other random lady. Okay, okay. So when I was writing about this, it's about sitting in... Hold up. No, no, no. You can't just move. Hold. She had to... She was outside the building. Outside the building. Saw him talking to four other young ladies. Yes. Walked up to you. Mm -hmm. How did she even know you was with because him? Because he had been back and forth, so she could tell that he was in our crew. That's bold, bro. Yeah. 
But how did you feel when she when she walked up to you? What, I don't. Know. We know how you, she felt when you felt when she walked up to you when she said, "I want to talk to him." Like, what did that I was do? I was like that balloon. That's the reason people don't want to talk to people, right there. I was all inflated, right when she came <laughs> up. Like I was like inflated like a balloon. Like yes. And then as soon as she said that, I was like letting the balloon go, and it <laughs> flies around the room, making that funny sound. Oh, that's this is the reason why people are so nervous to talk in public and talk to people. Nerves. This is nerves. Yes, because it's, it takes. Because now, moving forward, every time you see somebody, you you can almost re- replay it in your mind. Like this is it ain't it ain't even replaying the scenario. It's replaying that feeling that you no longer want to feel again. I was the balloon flying around the room. And I did not want to feel. So in, in the chapter in the book that I wrote is called, um, um, uh, oh, whoa, that is me. Oh, whoa, is me. Oh, whoa, is me. Versus, oh, wow, that was me. So the, oh, whoa, was me was immediately what I felt. It was, are you kidding me? He's already talking to four other girls. This girl comes up to me and then wants to go talk to him. So I was sitting in that place of, damn. Oh, woe is me. Hey, I, I, I don't know who this guy is, but he's, he sounds like a gangster dude. <laughs> like, that is, that's the stuff you see on TV. Well, he just, he just, uh, he just radiated. He's just got that personality, you know, yeah. all that stuff. He's an awesome dude. Um, but I will say that I recognize that I was sitting in that, oh, woe is me. And I kind of made a, like a, a pact with myself that night that I'm going to start trying to engage more because I can talk to anybody. I just right. couldn't you talk could, to a girl. You put your foot in the door. You, that was hard for you to get your foot in the door. That was, it was that, yeah, it was that, that initial. Period, yeah. Because yeah. I had the nerves. Once I'm talking, I'm good. Because she would have like said hello to you. Then like you, that would have been like Total door open. Door open. Right. Or if one of my buddies, had, if we were just in a group and then you're naturally talking and then you just start talking to somebody. How long did you so, hold on to that though? Like, well, I was nineteen, I think, at that point. So, I mean, twenty. You, t- you said, no, you, you, I said was, you made a pact with yourself, but like, did you really just like forget it? Like right then, it was like, you know what? From now on, no, is this changing? No, the world? because I had made them. I'd made a thousand of those packs, right? <laughs> but I will say, two weeks later is when I met my wife, and I was in a grocery store, and she walked by, like we were both in the macaroni aisle, and. We met eyes, and she kept walking, and I was already talking myself out of saying anything to her. We clearly met eyes, and it was just her and I in that eye. Because you were like, no way. Like right. she wasn't look- Again, she wasn't looking at me. I was, my nerves were getting the best of me, and I was already yeah. shifting back into, oh, woe is me. And this is the, 27 years later, we still argue about this. When she was rounding the end cap to go into the next aisle, okay. she looked back. She said she didn't? She said she didn't. <laughs> she said she was looking at like orange juice or something on the end of it. I was like, woman, come on. Because I distinctly remember I was already talking myself out of it, even though I'd already made the pact with myself. Maybe, you, maybe hold on, but maybe subconsciously she didn't look back. Morgan... Whose side are you on, I'm man? just throwing it out there. This is the podcast. Like, no, <laughs> no. You're supposed maybe, to be on my side. Maybe, maybe she didn't look back, and you're like, and you're, you know how you, you know, on movie shows where they they play that scenario that really they want to happen? They walk, The girl walks up to him and like, right. I want you in my life. And what, what, did they go back to the real life, and she's actually walking away? Yeah. And they paid her <laughs> Okay. 
This is so funny. So then she looked back, and it. I got the nerve then to go around into the next aisle, and I said something like super smooth, like, I think I looked at her her cart. Oh, this, hold on, I'm trying not to laugh because I think it's about to be funny as hell. I, said, I, th- I think I said, you must be in college. That was my opening line. What the hell is smooth about that? No, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> that was terrible. I know. Oh, okay. I know. But we, then after that, we started talking, and we spent an hour and a half walking around in that grocery store talking and went out Thursday, I think. That was a Sunday. She came over Thursday, and we watched Friends, and uh, the rest is history as they speak. The first episode? No, it wasn't the first episode of Friends. Well, it was It was probably pretty close. That was back in the 90s. <laughs> I was 95. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. But shifting gears Well, at from, least you didn't have to do it ever again. How do you matter? I know, right? <laughs> but then— God, it, like, took video on you. Yeah, I needed it, too, man. <laughs> but shifting gears, you know, to get out of that, oh, woe is me, things are always happening to me. You right, know, right. I can, Nobody ever talks to me, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got to get the nerve to take that step— and there's fear of rejection. There's fear of all the stuff. But it couldn't get any worse than that girl walking up to me and then asking me if it was my buddy. Because the real is like you was telling yourself a story that wasn't even true. Like you yeah. said, nobody ever talks to me. But the true story is you never ever talked to anyone else. That's right. And that's that. the point, I think, of, of overcoming nerves is realizing what piece of it you can control and then finding the courage to control that. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I got up and actually gave a um, got had to. I was uh, my whole career. I always wanted to be um, what they call that uh, the guest the guest speaker. Mm-hmm. My whole career, I was like, man, that that was oh. like that was like my thing. Like, I'm like an event or something, right? Like yeah, yeah. Who, I want to be the guest speaker because they always got cool plaques and everybody was right. like, you know, they always said it real. Yeah, they, they always got something. And I'm like, go to everybody else's, all the other leaders' offices, and they got plaques from, oh yeah, I spoke this class, I spoke at this leadership school, I spoke at this this luncheon or something like that. And I'm like, okay, you know, and and I always wanted that. I always wanted it, but I remember the first time that I had the opportunity to do so, and they asked me, and I, you know, me being very ego-driven, beaten chest type person at that time. I kind of say the same way, but... Uh, and I was like, yeah, of course I will. <laughs> and I'm like, I got... I got." They walked away. I was like, what the hell am I going to do there? <laughs> right? And so I started telling myself all kinds of stories. Like, this, you're not prepared for this. Like, you need to... You don't even... You can't even talk right. You don't even spell correctly. I'm like, I was saying something to myself that had nothing to do with talking. I literally talk every day, every day. And I was in a leadership position, so I I never was afraid of, like, getting in front of people that had to do what I said. That's the easiest way to put it, right? That I, I had control of their emotions. I can tell them, sit down, stand up, move, don't do this, right? But for some reason, this was scaring the heck out of me, right? And I was... And it's kind of like... I can still have these feelings every now and then. Um, it's just not as intense, but I, like I start getting real nervous, I can't sleep. I start dreaming about it, and mm-hmm. um, the dreams are like I've never of me succeeding. So they might be nightmares, right? <laughs> so they're never, <laughs> they're never of me succeeding. Palms are sweating, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, I, and so you know, and, and even like then, I really didn't write notes. You know, I said, okay, this is what I'm gonna talk about. What I'm gonna talk about. So I didn't write notes, but that time I wrote notes. 
Okay. I wrote it out, right? But even to this day, I don't think I remember the notes when I got up there. And I walked in this place. This was where was I at? Uh, I was in Albany, Georgia. So what ha- what happened was the young lady. I-, I was teaching spin classes in Albany, Georgia at a gym. And you know me, like it's it's fitness, so that's my thing. And I'm like, let's go up, yeah, yeah, come on. And I'm like being very, you know, uh, uh, inspirational up there. It's like you may have hard times today, and because I had learned like a lot from um, other instructors, and I've been watching videos and stuff like that. And instructors were taking people that they, they, these classes that I were watch, was watching at that time. These people were they were making people really in touch with their emotions, like they were. Letting people like people go to most people go to spin class in those ways because they just not only do they want to feel good, but they're trying to get the stress of life off of them, mm-hmm. right? And so I kind of did that in my classes. So she one day she walks up to me and she's like, Hey, Morgan, you're super inspirational. You help me every day. Would you come speak to the faculty at Albany, uh, at, at this college called, uh, I think it was, um, anyway, it doesn't matter, Darton College. It was Darton College. I said, The faculty, she said, Yeah. It's, I said, how many? She's like, two or three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right? I, and I, I was a low-level leader even in the Marine Corps. I had like two, three people at the at the most. And I had probably talked to maybe 20 at the at the at the maximum at like a corpus course or something like that. And um I said, Yeah, I, for sure. So, so when, when is it? She said, next week. Right? So, you know, I don't know. I'm just like going off the whim and and she tells me about this, and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to talk about? Like, what do they want to hear? I had, like, even though what I know now, I knew I was not prepared mm-hmm. to do that because I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I didn't know how to deliver anything. I didn't know how to speak at all. But I was like, okay, what do I think they want to know? And I, I have this concept that I was taught called, talking about being the mayor of your town. And when I was in Albany, when I was within that organization, I believed in being a mayor of town. It's like getting to know people. Well, we we talked about one of our other episodes, uh, doing your rounds, right? Leadership right? by walking around, right? And, yeah. I, and I did this with everyone, so I was able to connect with people and get things done that other people weren't able to. I was really good at that, and it helped me to this day. It still helps me. And I got there, so that's what I would talk to them about because they all they're, they're they're just like me. They're working in environments, and and I get up there, and my hands are sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating, and I'm like. Nobody, you know, how you, it, it's like they looking at you and they, they like looking through you, mm-hmm. and uh, and they 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 looking at me and I'm like they not they don't care I'm not giving no they, my body language like I, I was I was totally terrible at this, and I went up there and I just talked and I I had a set time I don't even think I talked I supposed to talk to forty five minutes I think I talked for twenty right but I didn't have nothing else because I had went so fast because I was so nervous yeah that I went so fast that I was already done, and the problem is. That I was so nervous that I that I missed the opportunity to really connect with people, and I thought I did like crap. And I was like, I totally blew that. I t- like, before even I was done, I was like, this is just terrible. Like I, I'll never do this again. Never do this again. And then the people coming back afterwards said that really that really moved me. I, I I'm dealing with the same situation. I was like, whoa, what just happened? What just happened? Like, you know. And then people called me. People called. I mean, it, I made a connection with people that I. I, I didn't even know I met. And so what I learned from that situation is even when you think no one is listening, there's always somebody listening. And, and don't go out there to try to make an impact into everyone when there's one person that you can change their life. Yeah, especially when you're speaking. And, you know, I think that 
um, the voice in your head factors into overcoming nerves because the voice in your head knows all your biggest fears, your darkest you're secrets. Not sm- you're not smart enough. And and it it's it can like poke all the buttons, all the right buttons at all the right time. And it's a matter of overcoming that or figuring out how to do battle with that voice in your head to overcome the nerves because it's constantly ripping you apart or it can, not everybody. Yeah, right. Even people, and we talked about this, I think a little bit in the car. I love speaking, but I still get nervous. Just like when I was in. To this day, yeah. I love jumping out of airplanes, but I was nervous every time I did it. And so I think that. That's not the same. Well, but it kind of, <laughs> because preparation, and I just wrote these things down because I think they're key takeaways. Preparation, practice, and passion are things that you need to overcome nerves. Preparation, passion, and practice. And practice. Okay. And when I think about jumping out of airplanes, we were prepared, we practiced it. The passion piece, you know, I like doing it, but that's it's more about... In that case, it's more about the preparation and the practice that gives you the confidence to step out of the plane, right? The same could be said for speaking. And we're using – that's a, an easy it example. Is. Nerves, it's so, it don't matter what nerves. I mean, it's the same thing for right. learning how to drive a car, drive a race car, jump out of a plane, you know. It doesn't matter Talk to a girl. It is, yeah. It's the same stuff. Well, and to that point <sighs> – Preparation and practice. So maybe if I were to look back and I'd stayed single longer, maybe I would have thought to myself, okay, preparation, what what can I say that's not disingenuous or how can I talk to somebody? And then practice, I think really would just be doing it, even, you know, overcoming that fear. And even if I got shot down, at least it was practice and I learned something. You know what about big ones, especially, you know, because we – I mean, obviously, we we talk a lot about leadership, and so there are a lot of scenarios that we have from that. Um, but one of my first ones as a as a young leader was having to having to go have a hard conversation with somebody. That's that that was one. one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah, that was like, okay, what do I say? Because you start worried about, especially when you're young, you worry about are they gonna are they not gonna like you anymore, or are you gonna hurt their feelings, or I mean, I remember even I've thought about this too. It's like having a hard conversation with it's like I remember they told us to say you know ask if somebody wanted to commit suicide. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to do that? Like, cause that's a that's a very hard one to just like, are you gonna hurt yourself, right? And I was I'm not asking nobody that, and 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 that's I think that's at first I didn't understand why we always were told to have these classes and say it over. I said, I mean, you just told us that. The problem is it's the practice, mm-hmm. right, and the preparation. Like, they had to keep telling us that. So when we were when we were presented with the problem or the situation that we were able to say, ask that, and it was like, even when you're saying it, it's like, you don't know what you're going to get because, like, okay, what if he says, I, do, I, I, I am. am, yeah. And I've had it happen me to too. me at least me twice, too. right? And I'm like, well, but the preparation to practice is like, all right, I know what to do, right? So it it prepared me for, you know, to help the, get that person, to help that person get get some assistance or uh, some help. But it was it's stuff like that as a leader that we're put into ministry. So, I mean, one of our other episodes, we talked about how do you deal with somebody with, you know, ego. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that's hard, too, because you're already thinking about the confrontation. You're not thinking about them saying, oh, Thank you for helping me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for your input. Yeah, thanks for your input. You're thinking like, get the hell out of my face. Who do you think you're talking to? That's that's what you envision. Well, and that's almost that's synonymous with the dating. 
you're thinking of the yeah. same thing. You're like, not I'm visioning. not interested. You're ugly. That's right. Don't talk to me. Your breast stinks. Yeah, get out of here. As opposed to, oh yeah, sure. You know, let's let's talk or whatever. So, so I think the key is like when, when you practice it, right? That the, the preparation is like what we're just discussing it right now. It's like the preparation is, is it can't be negative talk, self talk. No, that's the that's the hard part is overcoming <clears throat> that voice in your head with the positive aspects of what could or you want to happen, and not going down, not not becoming the mayor of ne- negative town. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> we're that's the easy button. <clears throat> It's easy for us to all become the mayor of negative town and sit and stew about all the things that are going to go wrong. And that's why I'm not going to do it. Right. And then I, I know I ask people a lot is like when they are, this is what this is. So, so tell me what could go right. Yeah. You hit them with the other side because they were, they usually so deep in their own woe is me. Mm-hmm. Right. Then they're like, well, I could do this. I said, would that be worth it? And then that's how you get to the wow, that was me. When you get out of the woe is me and you take the step, you prepare, you know, you practice, you're passionate, you do it and you succeed, then you are able to reflect and say, wow, that was me. And then that builds, I think that builds that confidence to continue to do that and not saying you're you're never going to be nervous before you speak or before you jump out of an airplane. I mean, I wouldn't expect it for it to go away at all, actually. You know, and that's my point, though, it doesn't. But the more you do it, the more practiced you are at doing it, and the more confident you are saying, all I got to do is step off that ramp, or all I got to do is say that first word into the microphone, and then after that, point of no return. So we kind of went through a little bit of preparation, but like the practice part for me is very important because <clears throat> the way I learn, rep- repetition yep. makes it second nature to me. And so like I, I just spoke, right, at the organization, and for me – I wanted to make sure, that, uh, so these are the things, and this is preparation. This is not fear, uh, because anything can happen when you and you. Matter of fact, you had to. You said some of the similar stuff when you went and spoke uh, recently too. Is like I, I we studied it so much. If the power, matter of fact, PowerPoint your PowerPoint didn't even work. Yeah, <laughs> it ended up not working. So what actually what we were prepared for actually happened to you. Yep. Right, and it would it, it, you would still be able to perform because. When you're preparing correctly, right, you prepare for multiple different scenarios. If she says no or if, you know, if the shoe doesn't open, right, these are the things that they've taught us to practice. And we practice them over and over again. So it's not like, ah, I'm falling and I don't know what to do. It's like, okay, that doesn't work. This is what I do next, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't work. This is what I say next. And it's if you don't practice it, you'll never get better at it, right? So you got to – you have to go – you got to be that that person that's like, if I'm going to talk to her, talk to him, you got to keep doing it, right? Not everybody going to say no. That's right. <laughs> not and, everybody going to say okay no. And be okay that not everybody's <clears throat> going to say yes either. Correct. And I think that that's applicable, you know, outside of the dating thing and in, even into leadership and conversations you have with Interviews your team at a job. The, yeah. The interviews. Like, that's a big one. People are like, oh, they told me no. They told me no. I said, but what did you learn? Mm-hmm. What did you know? Like, what could you do better from that? When people say, I don't know, well, what do you know? Same kind of thing. It's shifting out of that negative gear and getting oh, like into the that positive. One. Yeah, what do you know? What do you know? Because when you ask somebody, hey, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do? We, I, gonna, we I, all have the answer, man. We just, sometimes we get so caught up in our own woe is me that we, like we it's like we, we throw that little voice in our head, throw smoke screens. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm not going to tell you that there is an answer and you already have it. I'm going to show you what 
the worst case scenario is. Because it's easier wrong. to hide. It's easy to yeah. hide and say, I'm just not meant to do that. Yeah. But no, anyway, I was talking about like the preparation and in, into the speaking thing. And I studied, I studied, I studied. And I remember um, right before I got on there, I still like, if it, I don't know if it was for like five seconds or one second or two seconds, I was like, man, I started thinking about all the ways I would mess it up. And, I, and at this point, I've spoken a whole, whole lot. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and like, and, I, and this just happened with a, with a couple months, what, a month ago, actually. It's been a month ago. Uh, and so I was still going in my brain. But in that moment, what I told myself, I was like, just do it. You don't, you don't know what is going to happen. You've already practiced this. You've already prepared for this. Just go up there and be you. Be you. Don't worry about what they think of you because we get the the nervousness usually is the unknown. It's the fear, right? We're trying. We want to understand it and 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 grasp the concept, but not everything in life is going to be given to us. We have to experience so we can learn for the next situation whenever it presents itself, right? And so when I now when I get out there, it's like just do your best. Just do your best. And in a public speaking forum, most people don't know when you forget something or whatever. You just kind of roll with the punches because they don't know. They don't have your notes. They have, but you think they do. You think they right, follow along like, in like a book, fear. like oh, 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 you missed it. You, you missed, missed it. that word. You missed the cue, but they don't. And yeah. I think also visualizing success helps. So if you, when you're practicing and preparing, if you're visualizing the positive side of it. Instead of the negative stuff, that's going to also give you the courage and help build your confidence. And if you were to apply that to having that difficult conversation with a team member, visualize the positive outcome of that. Or the well. negative. Well, yeah. as well as the, the yeah. being prepared for what they could say. So if you say, hey, you know, I don't know, your numbers suck. Be prepared for their comeback of... Well, it's because of X, Y, Z, so that you're prepared for the conversation, but visualize the positive outcome. And that might not be a positive outcome for that person, but it's a positive outcome for that conversation. Yeah. If you if you don't understand, that's the key. There, there, there has to be a, a entry level or basic point of understanding in everything that you do. And if you can, that's the conversations are important, especially when as leaders, when we go in and have a conversation about something, if you if you're going to tell somebody that they're wrong or they're not doing something well, you better understand how to tell them how to do it right, how to you know how to work through it, how to fix it, right? And that's an, um, it was um, a story about Michael Phelps, how he visualized right um, his race day. That's like every time, right? And so in one race, everything didn't go as planned. Matter of fact, his goggles filled up with water, but he had visualized. That happening so much that when it happened, he just went into survival mode, and it just, mm -hmm. it just it went into flow, right? Where it just automatically occurred because every day he had practiced it and visualized it. This is what I would do if this happened. This is what I would do if this happened. And when it happened, he actually was he actually did it, implemented it, that visualization, and was successful and still won. Right? You can still win and everything not go perfectly. Hundred uh, percent. And I think it's just having that courage. To take that first step. You know, for us speaking, it's usually get that first word out. Yeah, just get on. Yeah, because I'm nervous to, from the moment. I, and actually, I'm getting better at it because now I can sleep the nights before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I was like, man, I slept really well. And I get up and then I'll have nerves 
probably right before I go up there. And then when I get up there, like you said, that first word come out. And then uh, what I said earlier, I like black out. Yeah. You're like uh, Will Ferrell in old school. Yeah. Like, it's like, what just happened? What just happened? I just, I, you know, people like, that was great. I'm like, and it, 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 I mean, one thing I've learned from this, and I think everybody has learned that, you know, we, if you, it, it can still end bad. Like, let's not get this twisted. Like, sure. it can totally still end bad. But it's usually, in my, in my uh, understanding, practice in life, it's never as bad as I thought it was going to be, even the failure part. Right. It's like, oh. And you can usually learn something from those failures and then be better the next time, be stronger, be more courageous, be more confident, all those things. And most people don't even know. Like you said it earlier, like most people don't even know you, like, speaking or anything else or, or no matter what it is like you you like you you're you're not really most time you're not worried about what other people think you worry about what you think right but you just say it's them it's them it's them no you're scared of yourself you're scared of what failure looks like what it feels like and then you do it and it's like huh okay i'm the only one that knows and then you wait for somebody else to say something to you and they're like great job yeah amazing Oh man, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you did this. Man, thank you for talking to me. I always knew I needed to work on that. Oh, great. And you oh, man, they were really listening or you know, I was able to help somebody cuz not that that person that you're sitting down at your office talking to that you're dreading the conversation for and I you know I don't know if you've had this where you t- told somebody something and they're like I didn't see that. And yes, and not only that, but nobody's, nobody else has ever told. I don't know why like nobody's told me that before. It's like the booger to those. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And <laughs> maybe sometimes you're the first person to care about them enough to have the hard conversation. Right. And it's something that they could have corrected 10 years ago, but nobody had the courage or the confidence to get over their nerves and have the conversation with that person how many lives to help could, them grow. How many lives could we have changed or saved if we stop letting that inner dialogue prevent us from actually moving forward in our lives and for, for other people. And that's where that passion comes in. If you really care, and now I'm using a leadership example, but if you really care about your people and the team, that passion for that, for makes them, it worth the sacrifice. it's going to make uh, it worth it. Yeah, I don't want to say sacrifice. It makes it worth the, the nerves. The leap of faith the really is faith. what it comes down to because you've got to get over yourself enough to say, I, I know I need to have this difficult conversation with this person because it's going to make them better or at least provide the opportunity for them to grow. If I don't, they're going to stay stagnant, and that's not what I want because I want the best for them. So it's all, you know, all of that stuff factors into giving you that, that courage and that confidence. Do you think that taking that leap of faith or taking that first step in one thing transcends that thing? Like, it can help you in other areas of your life, other decisions that you're going to make moving down the road. Because, like, sometimes we, a lot of us are only nervous in one area of our lives, yeah. right? And that's all we – man, I say only one nervous in one area. I teach swimming. Usually, when I'm talking to somebody that is fearful of the water, that fear is in something else in their life, right? Because they, 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 they've had this one thing holding them back, and they stay anchored in this fear, and they, they don't move forward in a lot of other things. But the moment they, I went to the deep end, now, in any scenario that can 
presents itself as a deep end, now there's like, I can do this. And that's a great metaphor is getting <clears throat> into the deep end. Right. It does give you that courage to know I went in the deep end, I survived, I thrived. Now Not as bad I'm, as I thought it was going to be. Right, and yeah. now I'm more prepared to go into the deep end in other areas. So to answer your question, yes, I, I do think it transcends whatever that specific situation is. Now, it might also fall back on your self-awareness to say, I'm not nervous about anything, right? Like I've, right. I'm, I'm good at doing this. I'm good at doing that. I don't get nervous, blah, blah, blah. But boom, then you hit something. You're like, oh, that's making me nervous. Hopefully you've done it enough and built enough of this self-confidence and self-awareness that then you can identify it and say, okay, I'm nervous about this and shift back to the fundamentals of preparing, practicing, passion, all the things that you knew you right. had to do to get right. through it before. So you've learned from previous experiences. So yes, it can absolutely be applied to a new area you didn't even know you were nervous about. Man, do you know what that just brought up to me? Complacency. When you get you're nervous about something, and so you you work through the nervousness, you work through it, 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 it almost like goes away. It, I mean, actually, it goes away. And so you get complacent. So the practice, the preparation stop exist, stops existing. Like how like how do we stay out of that? Like how do we I mean that's self-awareness as well, right? You have to you have to then say, okay, I, I'm not practicing these things anymore. And this is super easy to use in this example for jumping. You have to go through all your emergency procedures and all that kind of stuff because if you don't You can die. It, yeah, and you jump out of that airplane and you haven't done it in eight months and you haven't practiced and prepared the way that you're supposed to it could end really bad, right? So that complacency can can definitely be negative. You know what that happened probably for a lot of people? It happened to me, COVID. Because you, you, you came out of your routine, right? I was teaching um, U.S. I teach uh, I certify instructors for U.S. Masters swimming. And before I was teaching classes every quarter, every month for some time, boom, 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 year after year after year. And it's like, boom, we're not having classes anymore. For like two years, mm -hmm. third year, they're like, "Hey, you want to teach a class?" And I'm like, "I said yes," and I still would say yes, right? But then I was like, "Okay, boom, boom, boom," and then I started to like try to find one, find the stuff that I use, the curriculum, and everything yeah. else. I'm like, "One, where's that?" <laughs> right? Because I don't, I put it somewhere else because I ain't using it so long. Then, it, then I realized. hell, I ain't taught a class in like three years. Like, have I forgotten? So I had to I had to mass scramble like you know about two or three days before. It's like you need to go through the curriculum, and I realized that once I like I, at first I couldn't memorize I couldn't uh, visualize it because I hadn't seen it in a while. But as soon as I jogged my memory, and you it were was back like in. it was there. But that's a good point. And let's let's say a difficult conversation with you know a team a team member. So you have it, but if you don't practice and prepare. For the next time you have to do it, yeah. you're going to be back to square zero. Or if somebody asks you to come give a speech that you've already given two or three times, but it was last year, I know I would go down and prepare and the practice. The smart thing is to, to go over it again, no matter how, Even if you've – even <coughs> the side, like I did two uh, talks back to back. I knew it because I just did it. Mm -hmm. I knew I knew it. And there was a part of me – that kept saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You got it. You got it. I was like, no, pre pre to prevent piss poor performance, performance yeah. <laughs> I need to practice, right? And so 
I said, okay, you, I'll practice it then, here, here. And it, it, did I have to go in depth as much as possible? No, but it helped me. And it gave you the confidence then when you went back up on the stage to know. I know this. Yeah. I got this. You know what I mean? So I think, like, as we probably kind of start wrapping up, the key takeaways to, to overcoming nerves are, in my opinion, practice. Practice. Preparation. Well, I guess it would be preparation, then practice. I would say repetition, repetition, consistency, consistency. Yeah. And, uh, I think passion plays into most scenarios, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. And then that's going to give you the courage and the confidence. Yep. There's that feeling part of it, right? Oh, it's all based in feelings because that's really, it's all rooted in the voice in your head. So you have to have the courage to overcome the voice in your head so you've got the confidence to take the step to do the thing. Don't try to predict the future. Just live in the now. Mm-hmm. Live in the present. And the present is like you're going to do the best that you can right here. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't know how that situation is going to end. You don't know anything. But all you can know is believe in the preparation, the practice, and the, everything that you've done up to that point. That And and I'm telling you, like I tell you as a coach, as a father, as a leader, uh, as a friend, like when you do those things, nine, 99.9% of the time, I can't guarantee you anything, um, that you're going to be successful. And when it does go off the rails, it's usually not as bad as you think. And even if it is, you're still- You're prepared still, to handle it. Yeah. That's right. You're prepared to handle it. And there's still lessons to be learned from the worst case scenario. If the worst case scenario happens, you're still learning lessons. Right. And then you can apply that next time to be more confident and have the courage to to overcome your nerves. I like it. Like no, and no matter. I tell people like, oh man, you us all always have. You got to figure it out. You you don't get scared. No, I get scared every day. I just figured. I just I just process it differently. I've come to a different place in my life, and I know that it's not as bad as I think it is. I thought it was going to be. They always told us if you're not nervous before you jump, something's wrong. Complacency kills. And it's that complacency, and because <laughs> that means for sure. that you've done the preparation, you've done the practice, and you've thought it through, so you're in the right state of mind before you do the thing. And I think that applies to public speaking, to having difficult conversations. You should be a little nervous before you start, because that's what brings up that awareness so you can perform at the level you need to. Going to that state of flow yep. where it just it becomes natural. Yep. And you don't even think about it. It just happens. That's right. Well, that was a good one. Yeah. I really, yeah, I haven't talked about that, you know, one in Darton College in a long time, and it scared the mess out of me. I bet. Uh, But I know that people have, you know, will always find what growth in other people's story. Yeah. Right? And that's it. They might see themselves in it. And it also, it's, it's always good to revisit those things not get stuck there but revisit them and say oh see how far you've grown see how did you handle that last situation that you went through and say okay this is how I can handle this one and, and I think that if you can see your growth it also gives you a, a very large amount of courage to do anything in life and I, I hope everyone ha- has gotten something from this episode and you can overcome a fear uh, or uh, of something or those nerves that you're getting from the feelings that are occurring in your life and you are able to accomplish that and see that on the other side, it's not as bad as it seems. And I would ask yourself, what are you not going to accomplish if you let the nerves get the best of you? So back to that difficult conversation. If you don't have you know? that difficult conversation, how could that adversely affect 
the person who you need to have the conversation with or, you know, speaking or, or whatever it is. So having the courage uh, and then think about what would be the could ramifications be of not doing it. Sometimes yeah. it could be worse. Especially if you care and you're passionate about it. So, all right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of That L Word. Yes, and um, this was a good one. But the all of them are good. Matter of fact, all of them are great. And make sure you listen to all of them. Leave the reviews. Give us feedback. And uh, one, not only want to tell you to do something, but I want to say everyone that has done it already, thank you. We appreciate you. We do read them. We see them, uh, and we love the feedback that you're giving. It helps us continue to do great things and bring on. Not you know this not this episode didn't have a guest, but. The episodes that have guests, when you tell us, like, oh, we love that, we love these things, or the things that we want to hear, we're always here to provide that. And please share it with as many people as, as you think Humanly would benefit possible. from it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. See you later. Bye.